The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome into The Verge, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles minor leagues. The Verge is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A lets us be more creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, everyone. I am Santiago. been an On The Verge community member for the past few years. And I'm recording this because uh, Bob reached out and mentioned the possibility of introducing some community content for OTV, and I figured I'd throw my hat in the ring. Uh, Pretty much always looking at baseball stuff during my free time, and figured if there's any interesting takeaways that I find, might as well share those with anybody that might be interested. Uh, I thought it was a good time to start a recording like this, simply because, well, you know, it's... We're about half. We're a little more than halfway through the season. We got through the All Star break, and the second half's about to start. And it just felt kind of like a, a good starting point uh, if I was to choose one in the middle of a season. And yeah, game one of the second half is tonight. It's going to be Dean Kramer facing off against Sandy Alcantara uh, and the Marlins. And that is actually who I want to be talking about today. Uh, Dean Kramer, to me, has been one of the more interesting and fascinating pitchers in the organization 
pretty much for as long as he's been uh, in the Orioles organization. I think he's been a really exciting and also frustrating guy to watch at times because he has so many ups and downs. And I think that's really what has defined his season so far this year. You know, he's been up and down. But even though on on up on a cumulative level right now, his numbers don't look good. I think there are a lot of positive takeaways to, to gather from Dean's season so far. And a lot of uh, potentially positive notes uh, to look for in the future with Dean. Admittedly, it has not been the best season. Just a quick overview of his numbers. 18 starts, 98 innings with a 4.78 ERA, 0.3 F4, 0.4 war. It's not great. It's especially not so great when you compare it to how fantastic his last season was with that uh, 3-2-3 ERA, even though the underlying numbers weren't particularly good. Uh, honestly, I was really excited this spring when I saw that uh, Dean came in. And he was throwing even harder than last season. He was up about a mile and a half on his fastball, and, and he has kept that velocity increase. Um, and honestly, I, I thought he was primed to, to properly break out this season and um, and build off of last season. And hopefully with supporting, you know, underlying numbers this time around. Uh, that has not necessarily been the case, of course. I think everybody has seen uh, the ups and downs of Dean's season. Even, um, even though he has been better in the past two months, there's still been ups and downs even within that uh, good run for Dean. So I figured today, just going to do a bit of, a, of an overview of, of you know, how Dean has evolved throughout the season some of the things we can look for in the second half and onwards with Dean and really just trying to look at who he is as a pitcher. So when trying to break down a pitcher, for me, one of the first things I like to do is just try to get a big picture view of who the pitcher is outside of their results on the field. For me, a go-to tool in that um, or for that is just heading over to Fangraphs and looking at Eno Saris's Stuff Plus model um, it's, I currently forget who created stuff plus along, you know, but it's a really handy tool kind of as a starting point for evaluating pitchers. If a guy has excellent stuff or stuff plus and, and has bad numbers, you might think that there's a potential breakout there. A guy that comes to mind that kind of fits that, um, in the past has been Michael Kopech, for example, or there are guys who have really great seasons and have really bad stuff plus, um, so, you know, it, it can be just a helpful tool to provide a little more context as to whether what a pitcher is doing is uh, up to their true potential or true talent level. But as with any machine learning model, it has a lot of flaws that you kind of have to evaluate on a case-by-case -case basis. When looking at Dean through the lens of the Stuff Plus model, you can actually see that he's kind of about a major league average starter. I actually use the median uh, for stuff plus location plus and pitching plus and he's pretty much on the dot for each of those um, so for Dean it actually you know in this case stuff plus when just looking at, at him as a whole it doesn't really tell us too too much uh, the stuff plus uh, metric tries to gauge how good his pitch shapes are the location plus metric tries to gauge 
how frequently Dean is locating the ball in places where there are good outcomes. And then pitching plus is kind of a combination of both. So that's just a quick overview. We kind of see that, okay, well, Dean Kramer is a guy with about league average stuff and about league average command. However, that does not mean Dean has not changed throughout the season. Uh, now I can actually tell you Dean's stuff plus has not changed much throughout the season, but he has been tinkering a lot. Um, first off, he actually came into the se- into the season throwing a sweeper and actually going to move over to this next uh the slide for anybody watching this. Uh, he came into the season with a sixth pitch, uh, throwing a sweeper. He actually scrapped that um, after his May 16th start against the Angels. And I think that's kind of a good uh, uh, splitting point for, for what has been a tale of two halves in the first half of, of 2023 for Dean Kramer. Um, he has tinkered a lot with both his arsenal, his uh, pitch selection, and it has led to a lot of improved results, even though he does have an inflated ERA since that start against the Angels. His expected metrics or you know, his, uh, some of the saver metrics indicators are actually really positive. Strikeout minus walk percentage above 20%. That's really good. Uh, XFIP and Sierra both below four. So you, you're really expecting, you know, some metrics expect Dean to be kind of a number three pitcher. Um, and I would argue that that has been what he, he has done for the past two months, even with the inflated ERA. Now, what has, have been the keys for Dean in this time? Uh, like I said, he's tinkered with, with his arsenal. He scrapped the sweeper. Um, he added an inch of horizontal movement to the cutter. Uh, add a little more drop to it as well. Uh, the changeup is uh, breaking a couple more inches, has a little less arm side run, and he's throwing it a little bit slower, uh, maybe trying to get a little bit more of a uh, velo separation from that and his cutter and his fastball. And then the curveball uh, actually has been dropping less. He has uh, cut back on the vertical drop of the curveball by about three inches. Uh, probably to try and nip the bottom of the zone a little more consistently. But in any case, that's kind of a get-me-over pitch uh, for Dean against both lefties and righties. Uh, But as we'll see, actually, the most important thing for Dean has been improving the location of certain pitches. Uh, At the start of the season, I think he was having real issues in terms of locating, particularly his fastball, his four-seamer, and his cutter. and that improved along along the way, and we'll look into that in just a few minutes. But a quick look at how Dean attacks hitters against right-handed hitters. He's a, a four-seam sinker, cutter, curveball guy, throws in the occasional changeup. Against lefties, he's a four-seam cutter, curveball changeup guy, throws in the occasional sinker. Um, now, against righties, he uses the sinker to try and get ahead in the count, get strikes. Um he uses the four-seamer up in the zone, trying to get some strikes, but really it's it's kind of an out pitch for him. Um, it is arguably his best pitch, um, and it's really, really good against right-handed hitters uh, at generating whiffs. The cutter against righties, it's his go-to. He uses it to, to for pretty much all purposes. He uses it 
for strikes. Uh, he uses it for strikeouts. He uses it uh, just to get back into count. And so it, it's really an important pitch to Dean. I think it's one he feels really comfortable with. And he uses the curveball just at the bottom of the zone, steal the occasional strike, maybe get a whiff, um, catch hitters off guard. Uh, the occasional changeup is thrown in just to uh, probably catch hitters off guard, off guard really. Um, against lefties, he has a similar approach with the four-seamer. Uh, he, he's, it's the primary pitch that he uses to, to get ahead in the count, and he tries to get some whiffs with it up, up in the zone, but it, it doesn't seem to, to fool left-handed hitters as much as it does uh, right-handed hitters. So uh, actually, it's mainly just a pitch to, to get kind of ahead in the, in the count for against lefties. He throws the cutter. Uh, again, it plays a, a different role against lefties than it does against righties. Against lefties, Dean really just tries to backdoor it, get some soft contact, uh, get some strikes, uh, does not generate many swings and misses. The curveball, same exact type of uh, situation, trying to steal a strike down in the zone, get a whiff. And then the changeup is actually, I would say, Dean's crucial pitch against left-handed pitchers or left-handed hitters, I should say. Um, he, he rarely ever throws it in the zone, uh, but he tries to generate whiffs with it uh, or soft contact. But really, it's not a pitch that he uses to get strikes. Um, now, looking further into Dean, uh, I mentioned the, the improved location was probably the biggest single factor in Dean's improvement throughout the season. And what we can see here is uh, on the left-hand side, and we're, we'll go pitch by pitch, on the left-hand side, you see Dean's locations for the fastball up to May 16th. So that's the start against the Angels, where after that, he scrapped the sweeper. And then on the right, you have starts since then. And what you can see here is that he's been a lot better at keeping the ball above the zone, uh, kind of above the strike zone. That's kind of a, a really sweet spot to generate whiffs. Before, he seemed to be struggling and keeping the, the fastball a little bit too low catching too much of the heart of the plate, that's uh, obviously a spot where it's going to get hammered. And an interesting note with with Kramer is that he actually has a really good fastball for a starting pitcher. Uh, I didn't put this down here, but the median uh, starting pitcher in Major League Baseball has a 90-stuff plus on their four-seamer. So at least on pitch shape alone, Dean has a plus fastball. Uh, however, one thing that stuff plus does not account on account for is uh, lefty-righty splits. This is a four-seamer that works really, really well against right-handed hitters. It gets a ton of whiffs against them. Uh, however, it does not work quite as well against lefties. I would say it's it's a definite plus pitch against righties, but maybe more of a league average fastball against lefties. Um, however, keeping it above the zone is, is, is essential against uh, hitters from either side of the plate, on either side of the plate, I should say. Moving on to the cutter, I would say this is another above-average pitch. The the uh, median cutter is about a 95 to 96 stuff plus for Major League starters. Dean's comes in at 102. So again, it, it's a cutter that has good shape. I would say Dean has, uh, you know, uh, this type of slider cutter. Uh, there's, there's a term for that type of pitch, which I... I will avoid using. I'll refrain from. Um, but yeah, this would be a pitch 
that if it was a hard cutter, that is, a, you know, one that, that, that was more of a true cutter rather than this kind of slider mix, you'd expect it to be better against left-handed hitters than it would be against righties. But for Dean, obviously, since it's got that this type of slider component to it, it's actually a really good pitch against right-handed hitters. I would say, again, it's a plus pitch for right-handed hitters, but it is extremely reliant on the location. Um, I mean, and, and I think this kind of exemplifies the slider characteristics of it. If we look at, at the first, you know, month and a half of Dean's season, you know, the, the cutter, he was having a hard time keeping it down and keeping it away from right-handed hitters. You see the pitch kind of all over the zone if you're, if you're watching this. Um, whereas he seems to have made a really big adjustment at being able to keep the ball down and away from righties. And I think that's actually where that tweak to the, to the cutter of adding an inch of drop, adding an inch of horizontal movement, just helps it move further down and away from righties, puts him in a spot where he can avoid the heart of the plate more frequently. And it's pretty clear that, that both with the fastball and the cutter, he's, he's improved significantly at, at locating the ball um, in, in, on a north-south axis. He's, he's done a lot better keeping the fastball up, keeping the cutter down. Uh, and that's a huge key for the cutter. If you're seeing Dean locate the cutter down in a way, that's a really good sign that he's going to be having some success, at least against right-handed hitters. Again, this is another pitch, however, that's not particularly great against lefties. If it was a hard cutter, it would be the reverse. You'd expect it to do really well against lefties. Think, for example, uh, this isn't exactly a cutter, but if you think of, of Kyle Bradish's four-seamer, which has that natural, that big natural cut, I'm pretty sure some places even classify it as a cutter. Uh, I think Brooks Baseball, at least. It's actually a really good four-seamer against left-handed hitters because it's it's more of a cutter, and it it's really, really bad against right-handed hitters. But anyways, in the case of Dean's slider cutter, it's a really good pitch for same-handed batters. Um, then... Of course, now you're probably starting to realize that this is one of Dean's main problems. He does not really have a plus pitch against left-handed hitters. He doesn't have a real tool in his arsenal to face lefties with. And his best bet uh, is the changeup. It is actually, again, an, an above-average changeup, at least by Stuff Plus shapes. The median changeup for a starter is 84 um, so you would definitely say Dean has, has an above average one in terms of shape, but stuff plus is a little iffy in terms of how good it is at quantifying, uh, changeups. Uh, there's a lot more to changeups than just shape when compared to other pitches, it's a lot more reliant on deceptiveness. So that's something that's really hard to quantify, but this is a pitch that, that Dean has changed. Uh, he's reduced the arm side run. He's added the some depth to it and he's throwing it a little bit slower, increased the velo separation. It's a pitch that he generally does a pretty good job. Even early on in the season, he was, he was catching some of the plate if you're looking at the screen, but you know, he does generally do a pretty good job of keeping the ball off the heart of the plate, keeping it below the strike zone or off um, or, you know, off to the right of the strike zone uh, from his perspective. It's however, a pitch that, I don't think he has too, too much confidence in or particularly great um, 
feel for it's a pitch that he doesn't throw for strikes. It has like a 35% strike percentage, uh, which is extremely low. And it pretty much serves the purpose against lefties of, of being his out pitch. And I, I, I do think this kind of puts him in some trouble against lefties because lefties, they, they can see the fastball relatively well. They can see the cutter relatively well. And so they know that if, they're behind that Dean is probably going to be looking to throw a changeup and they probably know that he won't or he'll rarely throw it in the zone for a strike. So I think a lot of guys are able to lay off it. Uh, it does generate some whiffs, but I think this is a pitch that would really play up if Dean was able to uh, find some secondary offering that, that, that he could also turn to, to get lefties out. Um, last pitch I wanted to look at is the sinker. This one, it's about a league average sinker. 90 stuff plus is, is the median for a, a, a sinker. This is about a league average one. This is a pitch that has been excellent for Dean against righties. Um, however, even when we're looking at the splitting point, uh, this is actually a pitch that did way better before Dean started performing better. And I think a pretty clear reason is that since in the past two months, Dean has, had, has really struggled at keeping the ball off the heart of the plate, at least the sinker. And so you've actually seen the, the numbers against the sinker increase drastically in the past two months when compared to the first month and a half of the season. And that is, I think, almost entirely location-driven. This is a pitch he pretty much only uses to righties, and, and it's, it's a huge part of his approach against righties of using the sinker to get ahead maybe get some early outs with some ground balls. It's not a terrific ground ball pitch, but it does do um, a good job of complementing some of Dean's other pitches. Um, and that's actually why I think, you know, this is kind of a side note, I think that's why Dean scrapped the sweeper because it it just, when you're looking at, at the pieces of the puzzle that is a pitching arsenal and you're trying to fit them together, I think even though the sweeper was actually performing well, it was, the pitch which had the second lowest WRC plus against of his entire arsenal. Um, I think it wasn't melding well with the rest of his arsenal and making the other pitches perform worse. Um, so I think scrapping it has definitely been a positive change for Dean. And I didn't put the curveball in here um, just because I think it's the least important pitch to Dean's success. It's an, it's important. Don't get me wrong in the sense that he can use it against both lefties and righties, but it is more of a get me over pitch. Um, it doesn't play a huge, huge role um, in his approach against either. It is just a nice fourth pitch that he could throw to, to batters on either side of the plate. Um, and that one also has, a league average shape. It has a 97 stuff plus, which is right around the median for a curveball for a starting pitcher. Now, just looking at Dean as a whole, what we can say about him as a pitcher is that this is a guy with five pitches and he excels against right-handed hitters. His fastball, his four-seamer works really well against right-handed hitters. His sinker works really well against right-handed hitters. His cutter uh, his slider cutter is really fantastic against right-handed hitters if he's keeping it down and away. So you're talking about a guy who I would say against lefty against right-handed hitters, he's got 
three above average to plus pitches in the fast button, the four seamer, the sinker, and the slider cutter. I would even say that he's got at least, you know, kind of a fringe average fourth pitch against righties in the curveball. So I think he's in a really good spot against lineups that are heavily loaded with right-handed hitters. However, Dean's big, big weakness, in my opinion, is his arsenal against lefties. The fastball, I would say it's kind of a fringe average. It plays kind of, I would say maybe, let's call it an average pitch. I would say the cutter is kind of a fringe average. It doesn't get whiffs. It, It really just has the role of kind of getting in the count, you know, staying ahead of hitters, getting ahead, getting back in the count. It's kind of a 45-grade cutter against uh, lefties. The changeup, even though the shape of it is good, and I, I do think, it, I mean, I think it, it's a good changeup. I don't think Dean's arsenal against lefties lets the changeup play up as it should. I think he's also hurt by the fact that, to some extent, he's hurt by the fact that he doesn't throw it for strikes. Um, I think that's intentional because if he was throwing it for strikes, I think the opposite would occur. Of, you know, Instead of hitters laying off, if he would throw it for strikes, hitters would know that Dean would turn to the changeup and, and they would crush it. I think that's honestly one of the reasons why the changeup actually has really good numbers against it. It's been kind of crushed. It's because I think hitters know that when Kramer has two strikes on them, He's going to throw the changeup. It's it's really his only, not really his only way, but it's his main way of trying to get lefties out. It is, it's his attempt at an out pitch against lefties. But I don't think, I don't think it it works all too well this entire package uh, against left-handed hitters, and that's why, I mean, he has really big splits, lefty-righty splits this season. And and I mean, let me just pull this up real quick. You know, what, what were the lefty-righty splits last season? Uh, just a quick look here. Yeah. Uh, actually, last season he was kind of even uh, lefty-righty splits, but this season it, it's been a totally different story. Um, I think the arsenal just has not been working as well, and so I think that's really what's holding Dean back. That and the consistency in pitch location. I think for the second half – and for just Dean's long-term future, the things to look for are where are the cutter and fast and four-seamer being located? I think those are his bread and butter pitches. I think that's those are the ones he feels more comfortable with. And also just how is he going to attack left-handed hitters? It's going to be a big second half for Dean, and, and I think I can speak for everyone when I say that uh, hopefully it's, it's, a, it's a big half in a good way. Um, and, and he lives up to, uh, I think, some of the expectations, some of the excitement that um, a lot of people, myself included, had for him coming into the season. Um, just a quick overview of, uh, of um, or a, a quick thought. I think tonight's matchup against the Marlins is going to be a good test. Um, now, the Marlins lineup is probably going to be mainly, you know, it's not overwhelmingly full of lefties, but it does have some tough lefties, namely Luis Arias, of course. But you also have uh, 
Jesus Sanchez, and I believe there was one other guy who I saw that was kind of interesting. Oh, Jazz Chisholm. Um, so, you know, you got three pretty good uh, left-handed bats. Uh, I know Jesus Sanchez is kind of up and down, but he's definitely a guy who can punish you if you uh, give him something to hit. has huge power. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how he approaches those three guys in particular. Um, but I think it's a lineup that, that Dean can succeed against. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Now, this is kind of deviating into another uh, type of conversation in terms of evaluating Dean Kramer. And that is just looking at how good he has been. Because I would argue that even though his numbers on the season are not good, he has actually performed really pretty well for the Orioles. I think he has been a, a very solid number four or even number three starter uh, by certain measures, um, specifically when you're looking at him since uh, since that start against the Angels on May 16th, where I think he's made a lot of changes, you know, since then. Um, but anyways, the, the metric that I wanted to look at today uh, for, for looking at Dean and, and who he is, is just a pretty important component, which is, how has he helped the Orioles win? And so I thought an interesting way to look at this would just be to look at how different pitcher lines impact a team's win probability or win rate. And so here are just a few different type of pitcher lines, which um, I bucketed into three categories. Uh, you know, um, So if a pitcher goes five plus innings, allows one or fewer own runs, or if a pitcher goes six plus innings and allows two or fewer earned runs, those have about the same win probability, um, which is interesting because obviously the, you know those those are lines that would have quite different ERAs, for example. Uh, but then also a quality start, you know, six plus innings, three or fewer earned runs, five plus innings, two or fewer earned runs. Those have a really similar, uh, or actually the, the exact same win rate at sixty nine percent. And then the final bucket that I, I wanted to look at was just starts where the starter allowed less than or equal to uh, three earned runs. And so I, I in looking at these five categories, really the goal was just to see kind of, okay, how many times is a guy giving the team a high likelihood of winning, a fairly high likelihood of winning, and uh greater than 50% likelihood of winning, I, I would say, with that final bucket. And so when looking at Dean Kramer, we can compare him to how other members of the Orioles rotation have been and also how the average major league rotation has been. Uh, when we're looking at the percent of starts that meet these different type of buckets or, or pitcher lines, you see that the Orioles rotation – um, is actually about average and how many times it achieves, you know, five plus innings less than one earned run, six plus innings less than or equal to two earned runs, and so on and so forth, all those buckets we covered. But since May 17th, so after the start against the Angels, Dean Kramer has been above average in terms of, of um, the percent of his starts that, that meet these different criteria. So he has been above average in quality starts, in games where he allows 
three runs or less, in games where he goes five plus and allows two or less, in games where he goes six plus and allows two or less, in games where he goes five plus and allows one or less. He's been above average in each of those categories. So I, I think even though his ERA in that time is near five, I would, I would make a pretty good big argument that Dean Kramer in the past two months has pitched like a, a number three uh, quality starter, a, a solid number three. Um, now, obviously, you know, if, if you're talking about a frontline starter, you'd expect all those uh, lines to be, you know, kind of way above the major league average. But for Dean, they're, you know, some are decently above average. Some are, are kind of just slightly above average. But as a whole, he has been a very good pitcher, even though the numbers look quite inflated. And so I found I figured that this was an important kind of way to, to judge Dean because, well, there's guys that are coming soon. You have Means and Rodriguez uh, probably looking to get rotation spots in the second half. And Dean is honestly one of those guys that with the inflated numbers looks like he would be at risk. Uh, I'm not saying that he, he isn't simply because of this, but, you know, I think it's, it's when you look at Dean through this lens, it definitely provides some encouraging signs that, hey, maybe this is a guy who, even though his numbers might be inflated, really is, is, is as good for us in terms of, of the chances that he gives us at winning as, as, as a number three starter in, in the big leagues, uh, especially if he can keep up the, the tweaks and the advancements that he's made over the course of the season so far with the cutter and the fastball. And so now just to wrap this up, just a brief long-term outlook on Dean. I think this is a major league starter for years to come, whether it's with the Orioles or with someone else. I think this is a guy who's really strong against righty heavy lineups. Um, but if he was to find a better way of getting lefties out, I think this is a guy who could be a kind of a bona fide number three starter in the major leagues. Uh, especially if he keeps the velocity increase that he had this year. I think that's that's still been an, a big improvement for him, a big step forward this season. Um, I, I think, personally, I think based on some of the things we've seen here, I think he does deserve to to keep that uh, a spot in the rotation of the second half if he keeps performing like he has in the past two months. Um, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, I figured this would just be an interesting breakdown, got kind of longer than, than I intended, uh, but um, I think it was an interesting breakdown because it really uh, showed a, shows kind of a different way of looking at a guy with inflated numbers and how they actually might be performing above average. Um, in any case, thank you to anybody for listening or watching, if you're watching. And uh, yeah, I'm open to any topic suggestions that people might be interested in. Uh, I know a couple that I had lined up were, were other player breakdowns or, um, or looking at kind of what constitutes a, a position player core for, for a playoff contending team and just trying to project kind of how long the Orioles playoff window uh, is looking like uh, from where we stand right now. But yeah. Uh, thank you to anybody for listening, and uh, I'd appreciate any feedback. 
That'll do it for this week's episode of On The Verge. Be sure to check out our Patreon page where you can help show your support for the show and get bonus content, including monthly top 50 updates to our prospect list and daily game recaps during the season and much, much more.